Southeast Wisconsin has some of the best high school and college athletes in the country. How did they get their start? Where did they begin their journey? It's time to talk about some of the best youth sports programs in the area. 15% it's time for the Youth Sports Show, brought to you by Donovan and Jorgensen Heating and Cooling. Let's turn it over to the fans' high school insider, big time Mike McGivern. Oh, welcome into the Youth Sports Show, brought to you by Donovan and Jorgensen Heating and Cooling. I believe the only employee-owned HVAC company in the state of Wisconsin. Certainly this time of year when you're turning your furnace on. If you're hearing some things, if it's not kicking in right, if it's not, if you just don't feel like it's performing the way you need it to perform, DonovanJorgensen.com. I would highly recommend these guys. Uh, they've been to my house a couple of times, and uh, boy, it, 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 quite a difference as far as how our furnace kicks in and how it's performing at this point. So I want to thank those guys again, DonovanJorgensen.com. A couple of weeks ago, uh, we talked about Pewaukee Sussex United. It is a uh, soccer club, and it's it's out in, in Pewaukee and Sussex, and I can tell you that I was really impressed with the people that we talked to. And one of the guys that I was super impressed with, and I said right then on the air, I said, look, I need to have you on because I want to spend an hour talking about some of the things that we just touched on in the 10 minutes that we had. And he's the director of coaching at Pewaukee Sussex United Soccer Club. He is Alati Ziba. Lati, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, Mike. How about you? I'm good. Hey, thanks a lot, man, for, for an hour of your time today. I, I really appreciate it. And when when I said that on the air a couple of weeks ago, um, you reached out and said, hey, thanks a lot. And, and if you meant that, let me know. And I did mean it because I think that when, when you talk about the soccer club you're with, and I, I, I just thought, boy, I'll tell you, these guys kind of get it. To everybody that I talked to that day, I was impressed with. But I was really impressed with kind of your background, where you grew up, and how you ended up, you know, here in in this area. And let's talk a little bit about that. Where did you, where were you born, and where did you grow up? Yeah, so I, I was born in Macedonia, um, and as I told you last time, and I think that's the part that you like from my story was, you know, when I was six years old, my parents moved to United States. They left me and my sister behind, so. I was, uh, you know, just as a six-year-old trying to live in Macedonia and switching beds every six months or so. Uh, but soccer kind of changed my life because no matter where I was going, that was kind of like the common denominator that I was able to find everywhere and speak to everybody that I was playing with. So, um, you know, I grew up in Macedonia. I moved to U.S. at the age of 16, and the rest has been history. You know, um, it's, it's interesting because you – you look at soccer a little bit different than I think kids here do, you know, and, and parents here, they, they look at soccer. Some of uh, friends of mine as a way to get their kids out and get active and don't really understand the game. Didn't grow up with the game and could really care less about soccer. And you grew up different where it was a way of life for you. I mean, it really was what, what you talked about being in a gym class and the, 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 the teacher, the coach, basically telling you you're the worst player here. <laughs> and you took that to heart. Now, you were the youngest kid there, but you took that to heart and said, okay, well, I'm going to show this guy. In, in, in the neighborhoods that you were growing up with, in, was it where if somebody rolled a soccer ball out, a bunch of kids came and played? Yes, that's, uh, that's very true. You know, every time I heard, a, a, my house was kind of like by the street. 
and this I'm talking about like after a while after I was good at soccer but every time I heard the, the ball bounce on the street I would just be out and play for hours but yeah like you said you know the first experience was everything for me uh, being a six-year-old and actually a little bit younger than everybody else in the class my uncle decided to put me in first grade because he didn't want me to worry about not having my parents and you know being in that gym class for the first time playing soccer and I still remember that, that time uh, I'm the youngest kid there and first grade is together with third grade and guess what the teacher is picking the third grader to be the best player and he's turning around to me and saying you are the absolute worst player I've ever seen and I couldn't understand it then and I can't understand it now but what I do see is that even in today's game that we're living in regardless where it is those third those third graders get picked all the time yes why because they are a little bit faster they're a little bit stronger but who who is my teacher or who am i as a director or a coach to tell who's going to be successful and who's not going to be successful and better yet who's going to be successful in life we can't discriminate at players just because they're a little bit younger or they're a little bit uh or not as advanced or matured as everybody else. And this is a mistake, a common mistake that everybody makes even today. You can't, in today's world, you as a teacher and a coach, you can't get away with what he said to you anymore. No, you know what? No. It'd be front page of the newspaper. You'd be out of a job. But I have to tell you, as a former basketball coach and a guy that coached for a really long time, sometimes you have kids that you can say some things to mm -hmm. to kind of fire up that switch. Right. To, I, I had a conversation with my grandson, Keegan, um, this this week that I've never had with him. Mm -hmm. He's in sixth grade mm -hmm. now and he, he plays on the junior Brookville East Spartan basketball program. Mm -hmm. And now he played. He also plays for a school team, which is a whole different level. Right. These are kids who have never played basketball. Some mm -hmm. of them before. Mm -hmm. And I went to watch him play. And. Um, Usually I'll take him in the hall and give him a couple of bucks, go get a, a water because he, you know, you played really hard, you played well, and I, I have to tell you, um, Latte wasn't good. Like I, I had to call him the next day and, and try to explain to him what the term unconditional love means. I said, "Do you understand what that means?" He said, "No." I said, "You are my favorite oldest grandson, and as as long as I live, and as long as you live." I will love you no matter what. Now, I'm not going to like everything. And you saw that yesterday. I lit him up pretty good. I have to be honest with you. I had a mm -hmm. little guilt about it. Mm -hmm. But I wanted him to understand that, look, you can't just go through the motions on a team like this. You can't let a, another school come in and beat you by 20 on your home floor and not get a little upset about mm -hmm. it. Right, play a little bit ticked off once in a while, and so I, I will see how he responds. I don't know if he ever wants me to come to a game again. I'll have to find that out. But you know, going back to your coach, I, I, I know that's not the best thing to say to a first grader, but look at what it developed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it, and it has that effect sometimes, but that's not uh, that's the exception, right? It's not what we want to plan for. It's not what we. Want to uh, base our being around because there's a right way to do it and there's a wrong way to do it. And uh, and for me, it, it you know it had a gr great effect because I wanted to be like that third grader, which happened to be my cousin. So I followed that third grader everywhere he was playing, 
I wanted to be in the same spot that he was. And then a couple of years later, I was probably a lot better than everybody else around. So Did then it allowed me to fit in in a lot of communities as I was changing communities. Because if you could play, you were good. Did, did, did that guy ever, were you ever ever able to go back and say, hey, guess what? You remember me? I'm not the worst kid anymore. Yeah. I, I have conversations. Like I said, he's is my cousin. So no, I have no the coach. Oh, no. The teacher. No, I no. haven't gone back. And, you know, and people say, like, when I tell people this story, uh, people always say, like, you should go back to that coach and tell him this. And I'm like, no, I, I thank that coach because it sparked something in me and who cares? Uh, you know, I move on. I don't go back and say, like, you did this or you did that. You're, man, you're a much nicer guy than me, pal. Uh, yeah, so. <laughs> I, I'll, buy the t I'll buy the ticket for you if you want to go back and say, hey, listen, if, you're st if you are still around, don't go telling first graders that anymore. Hey, as um, the director of coaching at the Pewaukee uh, Sussex United uh, Soccer Club, do you have conversations with coaches that you hire to come in as as far as how you want them to handle situations like mm -hmm. that, yeah, for sure. So um, with coaches uh, in our club, I always tell them my story about how I started as a coach, or how I started as a player. And as a player, the the free play or street soccer was a big thing, and I always tell the coaches you can't miss that because that develops creativity, that develops passion. It allows for self-expression and everything else. It allows the players to develop their personality. So don't go away from that. The farther away you go from that, you go that far away from the game. And uh, the other thing is, you know, it's a lot. It's, it's okay to make mistakes as a young coach because uh, when I started, I was probably like 22 years old right after college. And um, having played Division One college soccer, I was always late. Uh, as a coach, as a young coach, and uh, I was driving from from Oak Creek to Piwa uh, to Oconomowoc at the time, and uh, I was five minutes late all the time because I'd get stuck in traffic. But I never understood. Parents would email the director and all this stuff like this guy is always late, and I'm like, oh man, why are these guys so mad? I am a Division One college coach. They should be happy I'm coaching their son or daughter. But it doesn't work like that. And, no. it, and it took a little bit until one of the directors came up to me and said, hey, listen, you're even going to change or you're not going to be here. And since then, Mike, I've never been late. And it's been like now 10 years. So whenever there is a new coach that needs a little bit of uh, um, hand-holding, I, I am there for them for sure. You know, Lati, uh, when I was a young basketball coach, um, I had a parent who, who came up after a game and this is a long time ago, gave me a big VHS tape that she had videoed and said, hey, I videoed part of the game. And I said, wow, that's great. Thank you. And she said, please don't be mad at me. And I said, excuse me? She said, I didn't video what you think I videoed. Please don't be mad at me. And she walked away. And I thought, well, that's weird. She videotaped me as a 17, 18-year-old coach thinking I was playing for the world championship and I was Bobby Knight. And... Lati, I was so embarrassed. Wow. I was so embarrassed. It was a game changer. Now, I didn't become this saint of a guy in the sidelines by any means, but it changed my life. And so I always tell people in positions that you're in, if you have somebody that you're trying to work with, but they're not getting, they think they're in the World Cup when they're coaching, you know, you you nines, mm -hmm. let's take out your phone. And videotape them mm -hmm. for about 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. And then say, hey, let's take a look. If you don't think, 
because when when someone tells you, you're like, man, that's not. What are you talking about? You don't know. You're not seeing. But then when you see it and you hear yourself, it's a game changer. Yeah, hundred percent. And uh, you know, we do that sometimes with. Uh, the interventions that we have with the players and we think we're talking for 14 seconds with them and it ends up being two to three minutes and then by the time the two three two to three minutes is done the players are cold they're not even in the mode to to go back to practice oh no i was talking for 14 seconds no actually you were talking for two to two to three minutes so we want to limit those and videotaping is one of those Things that can help with that for sure. A hundred percent. Hey, when we, I had Joe, uh, Joe Alman, who is the president um, at Pewaukee Sussex United, and he was a really good guest. And he's got a true passion, I think, to help kids in that area, get kids involved. And what I like about your soccer club is you have the, you have something for everybody. You know, you're not a club that's just looking to get as many trophies as you can. Uh, though the trophies are good, right? You want to win when you can. But if you have somebody who's never played soccer before before, and they're seven, eight years old and they want to try it, you've got a place for them. If you have somebody that has been around and played soccer for a long time and is at a different level skill-wise, you have some place for them as well. Yeah, Mike. So the thing about trophies is that it's unfortunate, but trophies don't go to college. And trophies don't grow up to be adults who can continue and be members of the community and sometimes people get stuck on the trophies trophies are important and we teach our players how to win but I think there's more to to soccer than just winning a soccer game right there's there's life behind behind that and and uh, in our club we focus you know we have this idea of a player first philosophy um, which is kind of new for a lot of a lot of clubs a lot of people but for us is it comes from our, our beliefs, our beliefs that, you know, uh, um, every player matters, our beliefs that every player can grow, our beliefs that um, no one is the most important, everyone matters, our beliefs that there is life after soccer, our beliefs that there are no two players that are the same, there are no two situations that are the, the, the same. Um, and that's where we formed this idea of a player first philosophy. Hey, we, we had talked um, a couple of weeks ago when we had John, and one of the things that I didn't get enough time to talk to you about, and we're going to talk in the second segment a lot about this, but I think we're in similar beliefs that that youth sports, whether it's soccer or it's basketball, or it's baseball, or it's flag football, or it's tag rugby, whatever it is. I think it's so important for kids to get involved because of all the le- the lessons you learn. Look, you you go on a, fo- a football field, you might not like a couple of your teammates, but then you get in the workplace, it's the same thing. Like you have to learn how to deal with that. Mm-hmm. You have to learn how to deal with to be a really gracious winner and to be not like a crazy loser where you're crying and throwing things all the time. And there's just so many lessons that are learned for kids at that age. One of the things that bothers me, and we'll talk about this is the other side too, is parents that think that their kids are going from, you know, from your club to the World Cup, right? I used to have kids at the high school level where they, the parents wouldn't let their kids be multiple sport athletes because they, they're going to the NBA. They're five foot eight. They're not going to the NBA. They, they'd be a great football player. They'd be a phenomenal track runner. 
all of this, and they'd say, no, he's going to focus 100% on basketball. And I, I just, I, I want parents to understand growing up, not only in, in high school, but in grade school, to let kids play a lot mm-hmm. of different things. Yeah, but, you know, the thing about, you know, when, when you're talking to a parent, I think the question that you got to ask them, and it's hard to answer, but it's the idea of like, well, when your kid is 18 years old, what do you want out of this experience? How do you want your child to act and behave? And, and what kind of lifestyle do you want your child to have? And I think if parents can wrap their hand, uh, head around that, then it makes it easier for us. Then, you know, the trophies are important, but are not more important than learning life skills uh, that they need to, to be successful in soccer and in life. And, and with us, it, this is where we pay a lot of attention. And to be honest, one of the things that I'm super, super excited about is how does soccer help with the lifelong skills? Where is that crossing uh, paths that helps someone to be a soccer player and uh, to be successful in life? Um, he, he is Latte Ziba. Now you understand why I asked him to come give me an hour because th- there are some similarities, I think, between what our thought process is on, on this, and we'll continue to talk about that on the other side of the break. Passion, skill, character. Passion, skill, character. That's the, the that is the mission statement uh, for the soccer club. That he's the director of coaching. It's the Pewaukee Sussex United Soccer Club, and we'll continue to talk again. The director of coaching for that soccer club is Latte Ziba, and we'll talk more on the other side of the break. This is the U Sports Show. Brought to you by Donovan and Jorgensen Heating and Cooling, only on 1250 AM, The Fan. Welcome back to the U Sports Show, brought to you by Donovan and Jorgensen Heating and Cooling, only on 1250 AM, The Fan. You know, I, I'm upset that this is like uh, my last show of the year because I'm off on Christmas Day and, and New Year's Day because the bumper music is just the best. And I know that uh, there isn't a producer in this building that agrees with me, but my wife Terry does because she lets me know every week. She's like, hey, I like that bumper music. I go, I know. So do I. Our special guest is Lati Ziba. I got to pronounce that first name correctly, so I'll get it, man. Lati Ziba, director of coaching, Pewaukee Sussex United Soccer Club. Lati, are you married? Yes, I am. Kids? I have two kids. My daughter is six, and my son is four years old. What are their names? Uh, my daughter's name is Eliona, and my son's name is Rian. Uh, both soccer players? Yes. Do you think they're listening <laughs> right now? Yes. What is your wife's name? Uh, Caltrine. Keltrine, I want you to know something, Keltrine, that I believe this. There's a special place in heaven for coaches' wives. I just believe that because I'm sure there are times that, you know, your husband's like, look, I, I know we had dinner plans, but I have to go because we have an issue with our, you know, U12 team that I have to be there. And uh, I thank you so much for, uh, for your patience and time. And thank you for allowing um, Lati to be able to spend an hour with, with me talking about what I think is just some really important stuff. At 9.30, by the way, uh, we're going to just go for a few minutes. And we're going to talk to Tony from Feeding America. They got some stuff that uh, he wants you to know how you we can help Feeding America. And I'm a big fan of what they do. And we'll talk a little bit about some things that are available to you between now and the end of the year if you want to help them. 
and he is their uh, public relations communications manager and and looking forward to having Tony uh, come on and join us for a couple of minutes at 9:30. Hey Lati, when um when we talked uh, last segment about parents and and you know having to to to, to kind of set expectations for parents when they come to you and they say, look, we. We have been with a different soccer club, not really happy with the direction that the club is going, but we'd like to talk to you about your philosophy as the guy that oversees the coaches in this club. What, what do you tell them what your philosophy is when you look to hire coaches? Yeah, so, um, you know, for us, our philosophy is just putting the player first. Uh, always everything that we do revolves around the players. And I told, as I mentioned before, it, it comes from our beliefs. The player first philosophy comes from our beliefs. That is our why. And then it aligns very well with our club values, which are passion, skill, and character. But, uh, you know, at our club, we we see development, not just developing, for example, their soccer skills, but also their, their uh, life skills as well. And... Um, you know, in the player first philosophy, sometimes people get it confused, but it's we're looking to develop their self-confidence, not their ego. We're looking them to develop to be team players, not for the you know selfish players. We're looking to develop them how to or we're looking to help them grow how they represent themselves, their parents, their families, their the club uh, and, and everything else. It's not just about the player. Sometimes people get it confused and think, oh, player first means, Everything is about the player. No, the player needs the team. The player needs the coach, and the player needs the club to be successful. So that's one thing that we talk about. The other thing is we talk a lot about our our values, which are passion, skill, and character. And this goes for everybody in the club because everything we do has to do with with our values. When we see a player for, for the first time as coaches, we say, okay, how is this player's passion? Right? Does he like it or does he look like his parents just dropped him off and he doesn't know where he is, like I was when I was six? In terms of skill, if he's seven or eight, we say, okay, given that he's seven or eight years old, he's got a potential. In terms of character, you know, how does he handle uh, playing with other kids? How does he handle, does he listen, does he not listen? And then, you know, we pick passion, skill, and character because we really believe that we can grow those every time we are with the kids. As a coach, when you step out on the field, you got to ask this question. How is it that what I'm doing today is helping my players to, to develop their passion, skill, and character? Because if what you are doing that day is not helping the players with those, then you're not maximizing their growth. And then the um, same thing with the parents. I say, parents, you're, you're sitting on a sideline in your car. If you're looking at a coach and you're like, you're asking these three questions as well. Because if the, if the coach is just making the players run 20 laps every time, how is that developing their passion, skill, and character? It doesn't. It actually has a quite opposite effect. So with that in mind, then we're looking at our, our training philosophy, which is about creating a game-like environment that's fun, engaging, inclusive, challenging, with clear learning objectives and outcome, and that allows for healthy competition. Hey, so this is a, a couple of things. Uh, the passion you have, Right. In your eyes, as you're talking about this to yeah. me is really impressive. This is well thought out. This this passion skill character isn't just three words that you guys came up with and thought, well, this will look good on a website. Really well thought out. And, and I appreciate that. And so if I'm a parent looking to have my son or daughter join a club and I talk to you, 
That's an easy decision for me, right? And all of a sudden, okay, hold on. If he's able to take what he just said and and instill that in some of his coaches, now I'm on to something. Now I'm close. I have to tell you this. I, I worked for the Rampage. I worked for the Wave, right? I was working for the Rampage when my son Matthew was, I think, seven. And he wanted to play soccer. And because I'm who I am, I was late getting him signed up. I worked at Eli. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. the person to sign him up with the kickers was as close as you are to me. And I was late. And the only thing that was open at that time was a Sunday um, league. And it was predominantly all Jewish league Mm -hmm. out in the North Shore. And we go to church till noon on Sunday. And he, he, because I was late, he didn't get to any of the practices because I was late. And I went to the coach's house and got his uniform. And he said, look, get him here um, at 1230 tomorrow. And I said, we'll get out of church at noon, so we'll get there right on time. And he said, he probably won't play much. And it was, they had, you know, that swarm ball, you mm-hmm. know, where all kids are just swarming around mm-hmm. the ball mm-hmm. and they have those little goals. And so with about, I don't know, four or five minutes in the first half, they put him in. And it was kind of exciting, right? And he didn't join that scrum. He kind of sat and watched and watched. Well, the ball squirted out. It was zero to zero at this point. And the ball squirted out, and he kicked it in for a goal. And everybody, yay, right? Well, now, with a minute left in the first half, it happens again. And he's got to go down the field a little bit. And the goalie comes out. And he chips it with his left foot over the goalie's head, and it goes into the net. And the coach looked at me, and I just went, like, I have no <laughs> He didn't get that from me. I have no idea how that happened. And so he never didn't play again after that. He would be running from the car as they were starting the game, and the coach would be saying, go, you're in. And I asked him after the game, I said, where did you learn that? He said, Dad, I, you know, the Rampage players – like I kick the ball with them a lot because mm-hmm. when I come to visit you at work, yeah. where do you think I am? I go, I don't know. <laughs> he goes, I go outside or I go downstairs on the field and they let me come out and, and play with, you know, kick the ball with them. And they taught that to me. I said, well, that was pretty impressive. From now on, tell people I taught you that. He goes, never. They're not going to happen. So, <laughs> I, you know, with the fact that he, these guys, professional players said, come on. Come kick the ball with us. And they taught him some things. I don't know a lot of basketball players that do that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Soccer players, it is it is kind of a – it's not a cult, but it's kind of like you guys, you know, it, you may disagree on some, some, some technique or how to run a club, but, man, soccer guys will hang, hang out and talk soccer all day long. Those old Germans from the Bavarian club, yeah. they'd sit and talk to me about it. I'm like, guys, I have no idea what you're talking about. None. I don't know any of these guys you're talking about. They're like, they're the best soccer players ever to come out of the city of Milwaukee. I go, never heard of them. Yeah. I have now, though, because I love it. We're going to get to a quick break. Other side of the break, we're going to spend a few minutes talking um, with, with Tony about Feeding America. Um, they just do really good work, and I'm a big believer in what they do. And we'll check in with him, and we'll continue our conversation with Lati Ziba, the Director of Coaching for Pewaukee Sussex United Soccer Club. And this is a really fun show for me. When I can talk this kind of stuff, and, and when you hear him talk about what it is that they do differently over at the Pewaukee Sussex Soccer United Club, you can hear it in his voice, and that's why I think it's a really, really good club that if you're looking for somewhere for your son or daughter, take a look at what, what they do. It's PewaukeeSussexUnited.com. 
This is the U Sports Show brought to you by Donovan and Jorgensen Heating and Cooling on 1250 AM The Fan. And ransom That mourns in lonely exile Welcome back to the U Sports Show brought to you by Donovan and Jorgensen Heating and Cooling. I'm Mike McGivern, the Director of Coaching for Pewaukee Sussex United Soccer Club. Lati Ziba is our special guest. Right now we're going to spend a few minutes with a Tony Cartagena from Feeding America. Hey, Tony, how you been? I've been doing well, Mike. Thanks for having me on today. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Yeah, you as well. You and the whole family and the whole the whole team over there. Thanks, man. No nerves for you coming on the radio. This is old hat for you. <laughs> I, I got a little bit of experience, just a tad bit. Just a tad, man. You uh, worked for a long time, I think, with our competitor. And, uh, uh, in fact, Mitch, the guy you just talked to, said, man, I know this guy. In fact, I went out with him once or twice with a buddy of mine. So, in fact, yeah. I think Tony roomed with him and... He, I think Mitch said that you still owe him five bucks from something. But no, I, no, no. I thought that's sure? what Mitch said. I uh, maybe sure not. We had action on any type of game at some point. <laughs> good I'm still in debt. I'm terrible at uh, at that kind of thing. He, so. You know what? He uh, never said that, Tony. I'm just causing trouble, man. You know us old Irish boys. That's the kind of stuff we do. You're now the PR and communications coordinator at Feeding America Eastern Wisconsin. And, and Tony, I got to tell you, as you know, I'm a big fan. And, and here at, at Odyssey, uh, our sister station, WMYX, we do it. Stuff the bus, and we have for years with you guys. And, and I wanted uh, to, to certainly to have you on to say, hey, look, welcome to Feeding America. Welcome to this family. And uh, we love working with you guys. And there are some things that people need to understand um, is at the end of the year, how we can help Feeding America uh, Eastern Wisconsin. So let's talk about that and how, how things are going for you guys? Yeah, let's start there. First, obviously, we love the partnership that we have w- with Odyssey and yourself and, and the sister station, WMYX. Stuff the Bus was a roaring success. I, we raised more than enough money for well over 100,000 meals for, for neighbors in need in the, in the state of Wisconsin, which is just absolutely phenomenal. So thank you, and thank you to your sister station uh, for all the help there. But, yeah, this time of year, you know, it's kind of the season of giving everyone out at the malls and out at the stores or, you know, adding things to their Amazon wish list. And unfortunately, it just never seems to go away that people are still, you know, in need of basic necessities. So, like, you know, with this new job, I've just been, you know, when I'm out and about and I'm looking at, you know, buying a new pair of shoes or buying, you know, this for myself or whatever, I have found myself thinking it's crazy that we live in a state where, you know, I can go and buy a new Green Bay Packers sweater or whatever and not think twice about it, but there's people that live on my block that are food insecure and they, you know, don't really know where their next meal is coming from. So it's been super rewarding to, to really get involved and figure out how we can help. You know, our goal is to end hunger in the state of Wisconsin. And Mike, I think this will make a ton of sense to you. Like, you know, one in eight people in Eastern Wisconsin are food insecure, which means they legitimately just don't know where their next meal is coming from. And they, they use resources like Feeding America Eastern Wisconsin to, to find that help and we're there to be that outlet. And I think back, like, there are 12 people. I remember I had 12 teammates on a high school basketball team. That means at least one person on that team, there's a good chance that they were food insecure. And, like, you look back and think, 
I can't imagine all of the stairs and all the things we had to run if I wouldn't have had access to, you know, healthy food to get me through those 5 a.m. and right after school practices and things like that. So, you know, I think it's kind of, it's, you know, it's something that we can all rally together. It's a great cause to, to team up with people like yourself or your friends and family and, and really just see how you can help. And Feeding America Eastern Wisconsin has been a great resources, a great resource for so many people. And a $1 donation provides four meals to people in need. You know, Tony, we're, we're uh, talking with Lati Ziba, who is the director of coaching for Milwaukee Sussex United Soccer Club. He grew up in Macedonia during the break. He was saying to me, his uncle would say, look, you need to go feed the cows or you're not going to have milk. And you might not have a meal at the end of the day. So a guy like Lati definitely understands what you just talked about. One in 12 people are not sure where their next meal is going to come from. And I can tell you as a former basketball coach, I tell this story all the time. There's a young man that was a pretty good player for us. He had a horrible practice. And I, and I have to be honest with you, Tony, I lit him up pretty good. And at the end of the practice, he pulled me off the side. He said, hey, can I borrow $5? I haven't eaten yet today. It was a 7 p.m. practice, Tony. And I said, you haven't eaten yet today. He said, no, but my grandparents said they're going to try to get to the grocery store today. Coach, I promise I'll pay you back. I said, you haven't eaten yet today. He said, no. And I just, I never thought that. I just thought he was having a bad practice. So I don't coach anymore, so the WIA can't come after me. I gave him 25 bucks and said, that's one drive through for me. Just go, go, go eat. Go get something to eat. So when you said that, it brought back that time, and it wasn't but five years ago that that happened. And so, look, to be able to help Feeding America and do it now, because the money that, that if you go on their website and, and the money you donate to, to Feeding America here, it stays right here in eastern Wisconsin, and I think that that's really important. And, and Tony, there's also some benefits if you want to donate money now um, to Feeding America before the end of the year, correct? Yeah, definitely. I mean, from a just a sheer financial perspective, if you're looking for those end-of-the-year tax write-offs, just visit feedingamericawi.org. We can help you take care of that. Uh, pretty pretty easily right there. But just going back to your story real quick, that's a super real thing. Like I remember playing high school basketball and, you know, we'd have the 5 a.m. practice and I'd have to crush a couple peanut butter and jelly sandwiches uh, that we, we all left the supplies for in coach's office just to be able to make it through uh, first period chemistry. And, you know, I'm not going to say the practice affected my grade in chemistry class, but, you know, I probably would have done even worse if it had not been for uh, just access to just basic necessities like that in the morning because the amount of sweat and energy that's exerted in any physical activity, but even just for your brain to function, just to, for a normal student to sit through a class and, uh, and succeed and be put in the best position to do well, you need food, you need access to healthy food. And that's what feeding America Eastern Wisconsin is, is here to help with. So they, I, I'm thankful because I know I've had coaches and, and teammates who have, who have helped others like, like yourself um, did for that one specific player. And I'm sure, your colleagues and your players you've coached have, you know, stories very similar. So it's a very real thing and it's a very uh, important thing, especially this time of year when it's colder out and things like that, that we all just need to help each other with. Hey, Latte, you know, we talked about where you grew up in, in Macedonia and, and as looking for the soccer club that, that you're the director of coaching that we, we have to understand that, that these kids, and there are kids in your soccer club, and you might not know it because, mm -hmm. and Antonio will agree, there are, people are very good at hiding that kind of stuff. 
but there are kids that don't know where their next meal is going to come from. And and a place like Feeding America, Eastern Wisconsin, are very concerned and, and take care of a lot of people with a small amount of donation from people like us. And I think it's important that we're always keeping our eye open to make sure that we can help people like that, Lati. Yeah, I mean, I I, I, I see huge importance importance of that. Uh, having come from a tougher background like that, I, I for sure understand the help that you can get from people, and knowing that the work that Tony is doing is is amazing. Um, and I think as a club, we're always looking to to partner or to speak with people like Tony to see what kind of uh, impact we can make. Because like you said, people are not open to. Uh, saying that, hey, this is what I'm struggling with and this is what I'm doing. Uh, we are we are trying to get to know our players more and more every day that we are with them. And uh, sometimes you get to find out this kind of stuff and sometimes you don't. Um, yeah, I, I agree with that. And, and Tony, when you, when you guys are, are, are helping people, what people have to understand is when you donate five or ten or twenty or fifty dollars, it's not like that's it's not like me going to my local pick and save store and spending fifty dollars on groceries. Yeah, the the fifty dollars with you goes a lot further. Yeah, it goes extremely far. As I was saying before, a one dollar donation can provide four meals to to a neighbor in need, and that's that's huge because you know with our buying power and our relationships with stores and our relationships with retailers, things like that we're just able to stretch that dollar even further. But also with the cash donation, we're so in tune with, you know, we just have great relationships with so many of the food pantries all across eastern Wisconsin where we know, oh, hey, this food pantry on, you know, first and capital, whatever, let's just say, for example, or over on the south side, wherever, they are really short on peanut butter. And if we're just taking in donations and everyone's donating Campbell's soup or, you know, whatever, which is much appreciated, don't get me wrong, um, we want to be able to provide those kinds of things to those food banks. And our relationships with them are so strong that we are then able to be like, oh, they need peanut butter. We you know, get on the phone. We have buying power. We can get them pallets and pallets of peanut butter for this specific food pantry uh, at just a, a very minimal cost. And, and we can really stretch those, those dollars far. But like you said, $1, $2, any type of donation is it we're, we're just eternally grateful for because uh, we put it right back into the community. It all stays local, and we are just trying to to make that number go that one in eight people being food insecure in Eastern Wisconsin. Like the goal is to to no longer have to work, right? The goal is to like solve that to end it. So that's what that's what we're here for. You can go to feedingamericawi.org, feedingamericawi.org, and. Uh, I, look, I, I know that you worked for our competitor, but you worked for Entercom as well. I, I'm, I'm seeing that up in Minnesota. So, you know, I, I guess I can't be mad at you since you did come over to the good side for a minute anyway. <laughs> yeah, I was working uh, in, in the news world over there trying to get a little experience outside of the sports lane. So that was a fun time. But hey. um, I'm back in Wisconsin and now working for Speed in America, Eastern Wisconsin. And and happy to be home and happy to be working with uh, with people like yourself. Man, I appreciate that. Where'd you go to high school, by the way? I went to Milwaukee King. Yeah, so you played for Jimmy Goss, or who'd you play for? Yep, uh, Jim Goss and Al Jackson. Every time people mention mentioned King basketball, it's always you know the program that Goss helped put together there. But I can totally say I would not be half the person I am today uh, without not only his mentorship, but, but Coach Al Jackson is an absolute legend and uh he deserves some some shout outs as well 
Latte, did you hear that? Yeah. Hey, Tony, can I ask how old are you? I, I just turned 30. Here's a young man that just turned 30. And and what you do as the director of coaching at your soccer club, he wants to go back and he wants to thank the assistant coach when he was 16, 17 years mm-hmm. old for mm-hmm. turning him into the man that he is. So what you're doing is really, it's a very important job that, that you have. Hey, Tony, I can't, uh, I can't wait to meet you in person. I think we, we would probably sit, have a cup of coffee, and talk for about eight hours. Tell Scott Marshall I say hello. Um, Merry Christmas to your family. And again, if, uh, if you can help us, help Feeding America. Before the end of the year, it would be a great time to do it. FeedingAmericaWI.org. And donate 10 bucks. Donate a hundred, donate a thousand. Whatever you can would be really, really helpful. That money's going to stay and help people in our community, and it's very, very important. Tony, thanks a lot. Look forward to uh, again meeting you in person, and Merry Christmas, Happy New Year to you and your family. Yeah, Mike and Mitch, thanks so much for having me today. Appreciate you guys, and just appreciate our partnership. And once again, that's feedingamericawi.org. Happy holidays, everyone. You got it. Let's get to a break. This is the U Sports Show. Brought to you by Donovan and Jorgensen Heating and Cooling on 1250 AM, The Fan. Welcome back to the U Sports Show. Brought to you by Donovan and Jorgensen Heating and Cooling on 1250 AM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern. My special guest, Lati Ziba, he is the Director of Coaching at Pewaukee Sussex United Soccer Club. Lati, we had talked a little bit during the break. Passion, skill, character, again, is not just a slogan for, for you guys over at Pewaukee Sussex United Soccer Club. You were explaining to me um, the importance of those three words to you guys mm-hmm. and what that means. Can we go through that? Yeah, so, um, and we, we touched base on this a little bit, but I think... You know, like you said, these words are not the words that we just throw out there. These are deep, deep research words, and, and we're very passionate about them because when we get the players, you know, the first thing we try, we try to do is we try to get to know our players. We want to find out when they start playing and where, where it is that they're trying to go with their careers. But let's just say that we have a player in our club that wants to go play varsity high school soccer one day or college soccer. We know that passion it's going to be passion that gets them to the tryout but you know you get to that tryout you can't just say like hey I love this game I want to be part of this team now you need skill to be able to make the team or to earn a starting spot and ultimately it's your character that keeps you there for as long as you want to stay because even if you earn that starting spot uh, you know being uh, showing good character and disciplined and organized and uh, as a good teammate and everything else, respectful, that's going to keep you there for as long as you want to stay. But these are not three words also that just, you know, focus on making the varsity team. I think these are the three words that go beyond soccer. It's we want players to love what they're doing. We want players to be obsessed with learning and constantly getting better. And then ultimately it's that spirit of like, if I work hard today and if I work as part of the team, I can achieve anything. And with those three skills and values, we're setting our kids up for success, not only in soccer, and in, but in life as well. Hey, what as the director of coaching uh, for Pewaukee Sussex United, what keeps you up at night? Uh, I can tell you is that I always, always try to make the experience as good as possible because every moment matters with our kids. And given my background, now I want to create something that I never had. 
and we can't just settle for the status quo. We have to challenge that all the time. Uh, sometimes I feel like, you know, we get too comfortable, like, well, this is how we've done it before. And to me, one of the things that I can say about myself is that having not had a coach growing up, guess what? I don't coach like my coach used to coach me. And I feel like a lot of coaches coach the way they were coached, right? So now I'm open to all these new ideas and then I try to bring my own personality in and I try to make it my, my own work, my own piece of work uh, versus someone else who, uh, for example, would be like, hey, uh, well, this is uh, the way I was coached. And if the coach yelled at you, then maybe you're yelling at the kids. And that doesn't happen with us. Uh, I think th the kids deserve more. Did you go to practices? Do you go to games? What What is a typical, I guess, if there is such a thing, is yeah. there a typical day in the life of, of what you do? Yeah, so I'm, I'm out on the field six days a week for practice and games. And my goal is just to observe the players and the coaches to make sure that the experience that we're, we're providing is there, right? And, and I usually I can tell. I can tell if the players are having fun. I can tell if the players are engaged. I can tell if the players are learning and all this stuff. In terms of coaches, I want to make sure that the coaches are guiding the players in the process and are not just joysticking everything uh, because really coaches are architects of, of individual and collective experience. You know, we're, we, we want to create a learning environment in every moment that we are with the kids. Hey, do you miss coaching? Yes, uh, and I actually do coach. I have one team this year that I'm coaching, uh, but most of my work is actually helping other What coaches. What age do you coach? You 14 girls. So you don't coach your kids? Yeah, so uh, I did in the fall. Yeah. But in the spring, I am not sure yet. Did you enjoy it? I loved it. You did? Did yes. they enjoy it, you think? I think so, too. Yeah. I yeah. coached my son in basketball. Yeah. And now we look back and think, man, it was really good, but there was some rocky... Man, my uh, my wife wasn't so happy with me sometimes. I have to be honest with you. She thought that her that that point guard should play a little bit more. In fact, speaking of her, she's with the, my grandson right now. I want to say hi to Liam. Liam's two and a half years old, and Liam played a little soccer this uh, um, this fall. Mm -hmm. Just at one of those where they go and just kind of kick the ball and mm -hmm. run. Um, so Liam, I hope uh, you're having fun with Nana. I'll come see you when I get off the air. Uh, this was really good, man. I really appreciate your willingness to come on and, and just kind of talk about not only your your beliefs and, and, and your the way you go about your day, but certainly what they're doing at Pewaukee uh, Sussex United Soccer Club because I think it does stand apart a little bit. When when you're so passionate about what you're, you're saying, when you talk about passion, skill, and character, I think that uh, I think they're in a good place right now. How long have you been there? Uh, this is my fourth year. Fourth year. Man, you stay there for a while, huh? <laughs> I'll be there for a long time. Yeah, hopefully the gas prices don't go up too high. <laughs> no. Yeah, you might want to look to head a little bit closer, but I know that's tough. Uh, Merry Christmas to you and your family. Thank you very much, and same, wishing the same to you yeah, and your family. Yeah, it's good to meet you in person, brother. Nice to meet you, too. This is the U Sports Show, brought to you by Donovan and Jorgensen Heating and Cooling on 1250 AM, The Fan.